0: the Swelty podcast by rx sugar that's sweet and healthy Swelty.
1: well welcome back everybody gosh it has been uh, a, a, a quite a minute or or several weeks since we saw you last, but welcome to the RX Sugar Swealthy podcast. Swealthy, sweet, healthy. Uh, you've got me here. I'm John Campbell. Uh, we've also got Alexi Melvin, and I'm going to pass it over to her, and she can introduce you to our esteemed guest for the day.
2: Absolutely. We are so happy to have Jessica with us. Um, she is She's had type 1 diabetes for some time now. I'll let her tell you about that. Um, she is also a health and fitness coach, has been doing that for a little while. I've been following her journey on Instagram. It's been super exciting. Um, so yeah, we are just thrilled to finally be able to have a conversation with her today.
0: Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm
1: super excited to be here with you. Awesome. Thanks, Jessica. And and as people can see, Jessica has the professional setup here. She is, uh, once again, our guest is way more prepared than we are, Alexi. But I, you know, I'm, I'm almost uh, coming to terms with that and, and <laughs> really, really super appreciative of that, Jessica, to be really honest with you. Um, so again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I would love for you, if you don't mind, to just kind of Share your story, share your journey to what led us here today.
0: Absolutely. So as Alexi said, I've had diabetes for quite some time now. I'm actually going on 27 years as a type 1 diabetic. I was diagnosed when I was 2 years old. So I like to say it's a blessing and a curse. One, because I really never knew life differently so I wasn't something that I really had to adjust to and I have my parents to thank for really teaching me at a young age how to take care of myself but of course with having diabetes for such a long time it is important to focus on our health so that the complications don't come along um, kind of the further along we get into this type 1 journey so A few years ago is when I really decided to take the reins on my own health and fitness journey. Personally, I was struggling. I struggled with disordered eating and body dysmorphia, and I felt like I was so alone in that journey. So I was looking for a way out. I needed accountability, I needed to find a routine that I could stick to Um, because in the past I was very much restrict, restrict, restrict and then I'd fall off the deep end and it was this ongoing cycle for me. And when I realized that I wanted to find a routine that I could stick with, I realized how much diabetes has really impacted the way that I view food. And I realize how much it impacts all of us type 1 diabetics. And some of us really struggle with finding a healthy lifestyle that we can stick with that is going to help lower our A1C, but also just let us live life and enjoy life without bogging us down along the way. So I started sharing that on social media now almost three years ago, and It has blown me away, to be honest. Growing up 27 years now, about 24 of those years, I did not know anyone with type 1 diabetes who was my age. I had no one to talk to about life with diabetes, about this journey. And I was someone that really just kind of carried diabetes on my back and held my my head up high and said, this is never going to take me down and I can do anything. But there are days that are hard. There are days that are a struggle. And I never felt that I had the community that I needed to share those experiences with. So once I started sharing my health and fitness journey, I also started unraveling and just sharing my diabetes journey as well. And it has brought this incredible community into my life. And I am so, so thankful for it.
2: Wow. So you you started.
1: I, I think Alexi and I were both going with the wow. So <laughs> yeah, you go from there, Alexi. <laughs> I,
2: I was going to say, so you started sharing your sort of fitness journey before you sort of dove into the type one aspect?
0: Yes. So I started my fitness journey with Beachbody and I dove in as a coach because I finally felt like I found the accountability and the support and the women in my life that I needed to lift me up. And shortly after I shared that I was going to be coaching, I realized, you know, diabetes has a big part of that. And there are probably other people out there. Remember, I did not know these other people out there yet. Um, But I was like, you know what? If I'm a type one diabetic and I have struggled with body image and disordered eating and all of this, there's got to be somebody else out there in the same position that I'm in. So I decided to be honest and be vulnerable about that journey and that is when I kind of dove in. I started looking at hashtags for the type one community and it opened my eyes to what was already out there. I had never searched Instagram for diabetes content before and was just mind blown to see all of the support that we have.
2: Amazing. Yeah, it's definitely, it's a huge community. Uh, it, it just continues to grow and it it just amazes me every day.
0: It truly does. And I mean, not only in the U S but I have type one friends all over the world who I talk to on a regular basis, which is so, so incredible because we all have different stories to share diagnosed at different ages We look at diabetes differently, have different ways to manage it. And I think no matter how long you've had type one, you can always learn something. So it's really awesome.
2: Agreed.
1: That's incredible with the the community aspect of things and how, uh, you know, social media for all of its potential downfalls has such a wonderful, uplifting story here. It does. So... Tell One of the things you, you mentioned, and, and, and I wrote it down because I take notes nowadays, and, and I like to, to make sure I'm paying attention and, and catching all these things. Talk to me about disordered eating because I'll be very honest with you. It's a term I haven't really heard before.
0: So, I think growing up, we're all very familiar with anorexia and bulimia, but disordered eating goes further than that. Um, for me personally, it was binge eating disorder that I had struggled with. So, this idea that I would restrict my food throughout the day, eat very minimal carbs, and I'd do good for a couple of days, but then get to this point and my world would feel like it spiraled out of control and I could literally eat the pantry, so to speak. And then you feel like the next day because you've eaten so much, you have to restrict again. And this was not good news for my blood sugar or my A1C. This was not helping. Um, And in many ways, some of us type 1 diabetics are taught to eat low carb, to really focus on that. And I don't think that's, actually necessary. Carbs are good for us. They fuel our body. And it's just a matter of not learning all of that along the way. So I struggled with binge eating. Um, There are a lot of diabetics, though, a lot of people I've come into contact with that have struggled with not taking insulin for what they are eating in order to try and lose weight. So that is something that's very wow. common in the type 1 diabetic community. And honestly, just eating disorders in general are more prone to occur if you have type 1 diabetes because there is that from a very early age, you have to count your carbs. You have to pay attention to the foods that you're eating, right? What five-year-old could you ask how many carbs are you know in that Pop-Tart? And they're able to tell you. I was one of them. I could tell you the carbs in that Pop-Tart. And so it's something that I didn't realize until later on when I was like noticing that I was struggling with all this. I was like, wow, other people don't have to pay attention to that stuff or they never did growing up. There wasn't that label of good or bad food, depending on what your blood sugar did. There wasn't a you can't eat that because your blood sugar is high or really early on for me, my entire family was actually on a schedule. We ate at the same exact time every single day just to manage my blood sugars better. It was before the insulin pumps were popular. I also had an alarm clock in my room in elementary school. So an alarm clock would go off every day a.m. and p.m. for me to have a snack at school. So just being that regimented around food and having to pay that close attention from a very early age was, was really hard on me.
2: Wow. Yes. I I was diagnosed when I was 14, which was difficult. I mean, it's, it's, it's not great at any age, right? But I, I didn't have that experience of being so young and having that knowledge and needing to have that knowledge and being so regimented from an early age. And that, I just can't imagine, um, you know, as, people with type 1 diabetes, you, you, as you said, we have such a different view of food and how we perceive food and how, you know, since I got it sort of going into high school, I, I, I didn't get to, um, really view it as like a fun experience going out with friends. You know, it was always like a, you know, source of anxiety for me. So, right. yeah. So how, you know, we all see it differently, no matter if we have type 1 or not, but it's, um, Yeah, it's, it's tricky. And that's, it's just interesting to me how being diagnosed at different ages kind of, um, I didn't have that experience. So that's very, that's Mm -hmm. kudos to you for, for getting through that.
0: Well, thank you. And kudos to you as well. I always cannot imagine being diagnosed, you know, middle high school years, you've had much of your life already lived and now having to make this huge lifestyle change is crazy to think about for most people. It's possible, but it's hard.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you think that, you know, if you had been diagnosed a little bit later, do you think that would have altered or, you know, um, changed your path at all? Or do you think you ultimately would have ended up doing, you know, the same thing?
0: You know, that is a great question. Um, Honestly, I am not sure. I'm not sure if my path would have ended up here. Um, when I'm asked, I am grateful that I was diagnosed young, that I was diagnosed when I was, just because it did, it made me independent from a very young age. Um, I always wanted to learn about my diabetes and be able to take care of myself. Um, giving myself shots at six years old, calculating, you know, carrying uh-huh. around my calculator to figure out how many units of insulin I had to have a few years after that. Um, But if it weren't for my struggles with disordered eating and just finding, you know, a health and fitness routine that worked for me, I would have never become a health and fitness coach. It wouldn't have happened. And I previously to help and fitness coaching, I was in the hotel sales world. I was a meeting and event planner and I found myself very unhappy in both of those roles and just kind of unfulfilled. I wasn't passionate about that. And my struggles brought me into my passion and what I feel like my purpose is, and that is to help others with type one diabetes and without, find a health and fitness routine that they love and that they can stick with.
1: So Jessica, how did you find your routine?
0: So I was actually through Instagram, I had been following some health and fitness coaches and was just drawn to their positivity and their, I guess you could say their zest for life and what they brought to the table each day. And so I reached out to my coach, Amy, and she is who introduced me to Beachbody, which is our platform. It is all in-home workouts. So it was something that I did not have to leave my house to go to the gym. I didn't have to put myself out there. I could do it in the comfort of my own home, which also was great to me because with diabetes, it can be tricky finding fitness that is going to work for your blood sugars at first. It can be scary trying new fitness routines, but knowing that I could do it at home, if my blood sugar were to go low or it were to go high, I can pause my workout, take care of what I needed to do, and then come back and press play again. That was intriguing to me and something I found that just worked. I didn't have to take a lot of time out of my day since my commute to my gym is about five five steps. So that is kind of how that consistency started. But the big thing with this too is that we hold accountability groups. So again, it was that factor of feeling like I was not on this health and fitness journey alone anymore because doing things alone never got me anywhere because I didn't have somebody checking in with me. I didn't have someone saying, how are you doing? Have you been sticking to your nutrition? Are you struggling with binging? what can I do to help you? And now I did have someone there on my side rooting for me every step of the way. And that's why I kind of wanted to be that person for somebody else.
2: Nice. I'm, I'm curious with all the people that you work with, people with type 1 or not, um, what are the differences and also, you know, the similarities? Or-
0: So a big similarity with everyone, whether you're type one or not, the biggest thing I get is how do you always have motivation to keep going? How do you find your motivation? And I think a big thing for everyone to realize is motivation is not always going to be there. You have to rely on discipline. You have to be consistent. You have to set up that routine. Again, something you can stick with. So if you're new to working out, I don't want to see you coming in saying, I'm going to work out seven days a week, 45 minutes a day, because that's not realistic. You're not going to stick to that. You're not going to have motivation or discipline to go out and do that. So really taking small steps one at a time. Maybe we start off with three workouts a week, 30 to 45 minutes, three workouts a week. And then we're going to build up to working out more each week. But setting the stage, so if you can do these three workouts a week for a month, then we'll take it up a notch. But really just building that confidence that I can do this, I can stick to this routine, I can stay disciplined is huge for everyone, whether or not you have diabetes. The biggest thing I see with the diabetics that I work with is a lot of people don't feel comfortable working out. They maybe haven't done it since their diagnosis. They are scared to work out. They have heard, you know, cardio is going to lower your blood sugar. Lifting weights oftentimes makes your blood sugar rise. But how can I prepare for that? And a lot of people have a very emotional connection to their blood sugars. So the minute they see a number that's out of range, they take that personally. And they're like, I did something wrong. I can't do that again. So say you take a cycling class and your blood sugar drops, you're going to be scared to come back and try it again. But what I try to work with uh, my clients is trying it again, taking note of those patterns. And I always say it's so important to note the time of day that you're working out, the length of your workout, the time of your workout noticing what your blood sugar is before you start your workout, and then after your workout. And if you take, keep track of those five things, for a few weeks, you are going to find patterns in your blood sugar. And once we know what those patterns are, then we can trial and error. We can make changes to our basal rate. We can see if we need to eat something before those workouts. But if we don't know the patterns, we're not gonna be able to kind of troubleshoot. And we have to find the pattern. It can't be just one workout, oh, my blood sugar went low, I can't do that again. Because maybe that same workout in the evening instead of in the morning works for you, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you just need to have breakfast before working out or lowering your basal rate before working out. But we need to see a couple days in a row what our blood sugars do again? Just to find those patterns first before moving forward. So the number one thing just is to not give up. The second, your blood sugars maybe don't go your way in a workout. I, am-
1: I I'm ju- I'm just wrapping my head around all of this because i, I you know I like to work out. I I also struggle with the motivation to keep it going and remind myself just little steps at a time. But there's so much more to it for a type 1 diabetic when they're getting into that new routine. right Absolutely. And, and it and it sounds like sounds like community and patients are kind of key to that.
0: Yes, 100%. And I would say now about 50% of the people that I work with do have type 1 diabetes in our accountability groups. And it is great to be able to try these workouts. And maybe experience a hiccup during your workout, whether that be a high or low blood sugar, and be able to come to the group and be like, this is the workout I did today. This is what I'm struggling with. I've been struggling with my low blood sugars all week. Do you guys have recommendations on how you handle this? or how would you go about doing this? And just having people to talk with about it and also just to vent, to get your frustrations off of your chest because it is frustrating, it's disheartening sometimes, especially if you're someone who is trying to lose weight in the process. And I know from experience, I used to go to the gym. I'd spend an hour doing cardio on my own in the gym. And then I'd get to my car and have to eat like 40 carbs to raise my blood sugar. So I was like, I I felt like I was undoing all of the hard work in the gym. And I know there are many type ones that feel that way. So just (laughs) having people to talk to when you are getting discouraged and make you realize, like, down deep, like, why why are you on this health and fitness journey? What do you want to accomplish other than the weight loss? Like, why is this exercise, this new routine, going to be beneficial for me? And why should I continue to stick it out and figure out a way to make this work?
2: It, it, it really does make all the difference noticing the patterns because they're, they are there. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know... Every person living with type one is on a different management, you know, for their, whether it be insulin pens or a pump or a CGM or not a CGM. And I'm curious for you, does that make that tricky sort of, um, coaching different people with type one who are on such different, uh, management routines, whether it, you know, like I said, be, you know, a pump versus not a pump. And, And I'm also curious what, um, what you're using if you're comfortable sharing. Right. Yeah. So
0: I am on the Omnipod and I've been using my Omnipod now. I want to say 13 years. I got on my first pump 20 years ago. So being on the Omnipod, I I'll tell everyone this. I will not change to another pump um, unless they go tubeless like the Omnipod has, because it does make exercise and working out so easy not to have to worry about having the pump or the tube getting pulled out. I was there. I got hooked to kids' spiral notebooks back in middle school. I understand the notebooks, the doorknobs, things like that. So the Omnipod is incredible, and I love it. Um, And then as far as um, checking my blood sugar, I am currently using the Freestyle Libre 2. And um, I'm loving that as well. I used to be on Dexcom, but we all know how insurance is. So Freestyle Libre is covered by insurance. So great. that's that's a winner in my book. So that is what I am using to manage. As far as my clients, you absolutely are correct. We see people on all different ends of the spectrum and all are great ways to manage, right? There's no right or wrong way to manage your diabetes as far as the equipment you use goes. But something I will say to all of my clients up front is, right, I am not a doctor. I am not, you know, a diabetes nutrition coach, anything like that. So I can give you what I do and let you know what I do from my personal experience. And if you are someone who has had diabetes for a while you probably feel comfortable to make changes and try things on your own, but there are also many people who are newly diagnosed that don't feel comfortable making changes to their management without talking to a doctor. So I can let them know what has worked for me, but I always recommend for them to bring those patterns that we have discussed that I've had them write down bring them to their doctor if they are struggling with those highs and lows and see what the recommendations are going to be for them. And I guarantee you, your endo will be so grateful that they have the patterns to go off of and they're not trying to help you blind without really knowing what is going on behind the scenes.
2: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah,
1: so, you know, blood sugar obviously paramount in everything you and Alexi both do on a day-to-day basis is type 1 diabetics, right? But it's important for everybody to know about and to monitor in some way, right?
0: So as far as everybody monitoring, I know there's a lot out there right now with CGMs going out to those who do not have type 1 diabetes, right? And I know that right. is triggering for quite a bit of people. And I think the main thing with that is because there are so many people with diabetes who don't have access to this equipment. So why are people without diabetes using this? I have not done much research onto that. I don't know how beneficial it is for them, but for me, if I did not have diabetes, I would take it as a blessing that I did not have to check my blood sugar and monitor that. But as far as just health and fitness in general and staying in tune, you know, with your health and what you are eating, that is important for everybody because type 2 diabetes is something that everyone should be aware of and know that that is a possibility for you if you do not take care of yourself in the future.
2: I'm curious, um, you know, you mentioned you're not a nutrition expert, but do you have any Go to you know meals or snacks or anything you um, like to recommend to people um, pre or post workout.
0: Absolutely. So pre and post workout, I'm always recommending something carb and protein. Um, apple and peanut butter, rice cakes with turkey, things like that are some of my go tos. Quick and easy. Not a ton of carbs, but just enough to kind of keep me level with what I'm doing. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna rapid fire questions at you. Ready?
0: All right, let's hear it.
1: All right, um, what's something you wish you knew ten years ago?
0: Ooh, diabetes related?
1: Anything related? Or just
0: anything related.
1: Jessica related. <laughs>
0: um, what I wish someone would have told me ten years ago is that what matters most is truly on the inside and not to pay so much attention to what our bodies look on the outside, but focus on what we are doing internally.
1: Awesome. What's something you're proudest of?
0: Something I'm proudest of is definitely taking the leap into the health and fitness realm. Um, It was terrifying at first stepping away from the solid nine to five job, the insurance, um, the set paycheck each week. But the moment that I did that, it was like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders and I was stepping into what I truly was meant to do. Even though some days I questioned that, right? Some days, those hard days, there were times where I was like, should I be doing this? Can I... You know, make this a full-time career. And on those days when I questioned it, I'm glad that I stuck to it because I wouldn't be here if I didn't.
1: That's awesome. Uh, who's your biggest influence?
0: Oh, goodness. There, there are so many. Right now, I'm going to say um, Glennon Doyle is someone that I am obsessed with. I love her book, Untamed, and her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, has been on repeat for me lately. Awesome. Love
1: that. Uh, when you're not doing health and fitness coaching, what else are you passionate about?
0: So I I love reading. Me and my best friend here just started a book club this month. So you can most likely find me with a book. And me and my husband, we have two Australian shepherds. And we are the obsessive dog parents. So you can find us walking our dogs, camping with our pups, all of that stuff.
1: And your dog's names? Oakley and Louie. Oakley and Louie. Very cool. So... When you are helping people, what's the one thing you hope they take away from what you guys are working on together?
0: I hope that they can find a health and fitness routine that is enjoyable. And they also feel like they are not restricting themselves on life. I want them to still feel like they can enjoy every bit of life, every party they go to, every vacation without stressing over their food and how they're moving their body, but they're able to enjoy life in a new way and still live, be their healthiest self.
1: Have you been able to change your view on food throughout your life? with what you've had to deal with
0: so the main main focus i guess for me at first i just had to start reminding myself like food is fuel right food is good all food is good Um, Because it's helping us to live. In many cases, food, you know, when our blood sugar goes low and we have to eat, not looking at that as a bad thing, but looking at it as this food is keeping me alive right now. Um, So just reminding yourself that food is fuel. It's there to do good. And then teaching yourself and kind of rewiring my own brain. And instead of saying, I'm not allowed to have, you know, the chocolate cake, or I'm not allowed to eat this, allowing myself to learn to eat in moderation, all of the foods that okay. I love. So nothing is off limits. Awesome.
1: Awesome. That was my rapid fire. I, I love, it. love it.
2: <laughs> well, I guess we would be remiss if we didn't ask, um, what are some of your favorite RX sugar products and um, what are some things you've done that, you know, worked for you and that you thought was awesome?
0: Love this question. So <laughs> our favorite in our house, because um, myself and my husband are huge fans, we absolutely love the RX sugar. It tastes, or sorry, the syrup, the RX syrup. <laughs> it Tastes amazing. And this was something I actually had not had syrup in years. It was just something that I could do without. I like peanut butter on my waffles and pancakes. But when you guys came out with this, I was like, okay, we've got to try it. And it is a staple in our house. My husband can't tell the difference, which is always a win as well. So that is huge. And then we do just use the normal sugar packets as well. We, My husband likes to make new iced coffees and try to get me to like them every weekend. So he'll come up with something new and always is using the Rx sugar and not only mine, but his as well, where previously he would have the, this is the Jessica version of the coffee with some other sweetener. And then this is the Corey version of the coffee with like all the loaded sugar that would make my blood sugar spike. But now we have the same coffee, the same sweeteners, because it really does taste that good. That's an
2: awesome. amazing, amazing story there. That is
1: <laughs> right to be able to have one thing for
2: both people. Yep, pretty awesome to hear. At least on our end, and and maybe down the road, shortly,
1: we'll have some new uh, syrups that Corey can play with, uh, making some iced coffee flavors with uh,
0: down the road. So stay tuned that sounds amazing
1: (laughs) awesome awesome well hey you know I just want to say thank you again for spending some time with us today and sharing your story and sharing your struggles and sharing your bravery and and, and all that you've done uh, and all that you do to help people so congratulations to you and thank you uh, for spending the time with us today
0: well thank you guys so much I appreciate it it's an honor to spend the afternoon with you guys
2: Hey, now that now that we'll let you go and you can go take those pumps <laughs> sounds good <laughs> priorities yes. yes
0: the swelthy podcast by rx sugar that's sweet and healthy swelthy